been a while since we were able to catch up, Jan. The last time we spoke was in January, would you believe? And you'd oh finished goodness. the chemotherapy and you'd had your uh, mastectomy at that point and you were waiting your radiotherapy. Tell us what's happened. Well, I had the op on the 2nd of January and that was all fine. You know, home with a drain and all that lovely stuff. And then, of course, being me, I couldn't do it a straightforward way. So the cavity developed something called a seroma, which is basically like a flipping great blister underneath the skin and it just keeps filling up. So it meant that my planning session for the uh, radiotherapy had to be delayed because they can't do it while, you know, you, while all this is going on because it can't be accurate with their markings. So that meant well, it meant once a week, if a couple of weeks, it was twice a week back into the breast unit for them to get rid of all of this fluid, which is a lovely activity. Oh no, <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> you can't feel it though. It's it's just a needle straight into the breast and, and there was vast amounts. I mean, I mean to put people off their tea, don't listen to this at tea time. <laughs> but it really was, you know, very unpleasant in terms of what it was but not unpleasant in the way it happened because there was no pain because there's no nerves where, where the mastectomy has been. So that was an interesting thing, watching the amount go down and they had to measure that until eventually we decided it was like, you know, it was like sort of some amazing thing because the, the nurses went, yes, it's finished. <laughs> so they could sign me up for, for going off for the planning. So that was all good. And that happened really fast after that. Um, within a couple of days, I was down to radiotherapy for, for the marking up and planning which means you get uh, tattooed. I mean, it sounds grand, doesn't it? My, my funny friends sent me all sorts of pictures of things they thought I was going to get. You get a dot, of course, which they use for lining up the lasers. So that was fine. And then at the end of that same week, I got the schedule through for my 15 sessions which started in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, I had a trip back into the breast unit to meet the prosthesis nurse. I practice saying that. So I've now got a boob in a box in my cupboard. <laughs> Not many people have that. And a collection of bras with pockets. Um, and she was brilliant because, um, you know, it was trying to balance up how this might be when the whole thing has settled and and if I'm not happy about it when the whole thing is settled then I can go back and she will give me something else so so that's intriguing so that's sitting there waiting I wore it for the rest of that day and to a choir practice I have to say but it's quite a weighty thing yeah, um, and this is not like the comfy you were speaking about a no, comfy last the time. comfy last time no no this is actually a silicon implant basically with a cover on it so it is quite a bosoms are quite heavy and so I've, I've got a draw with 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 those in with one of those and um and you wash it like yourself you basically take it into the shower with you so I'm debating at the moment I mean I'm not wearing it today partly because the radiotherapy is only just finished and and I'm letting all that calm down I don't know whether I'll wear it but maybe when the summer comes and you're in different clingier clothes and whatever I might have a different thought mm -hmm. but there there it sits and um so that's that and the hair has started to grow very fine and wispy but it is actually all over the head I can feel feel yes. it 
I can see it because well, we're doing this over a video conference, of course, because of COVID-19. So <laughs> you're sitting in your house. I'm sitting in mine, just for those uh, wondering yes. why, why this might sound a little bit strange. But we are looking at each other in video. I can see because the light's behind you and I can see that the hair is yeah. coming in quite very nicely. It is. It is. I'm, I'm really pleased about it. So, so that's that. And so then the radiotherapy started um, and finished on the 1st of April, which I thought being me was quite sensible. Um, and 15 sessions. So you get the weekends off. And that's, you know, that's an interesting experience as well. But I mean, it's a very easy experience, except you've got to go every single day uh, to Addenbrooke's, but you get very used to that. And, you know, the, fir the first session is, is a bit more of the planning because they're having to line it all up and program it into the computer and things. And then they check it, they image you, re-image you every week. Um, where they they check it all again. I thought that re-imaging was going to be a, was going to be a, no. I didn't think that, but it was going to be a makeover. I had this lovely idea that I were makeover, but it's really intriguing because you get into this bubble and you see the same people, you know, because the, the appointments around the same time, and and you get into that sort of supportive bubble of, you know, people there with bladder cancer and prostate cancer. There were two chaps from Jersey at Adam Brooks. Um, I think they must be prostate cancer and in you go and they're very accurate about the timings and you know the whole thing's set up and there's two or three of them and they reference each other and the thing goes across and you watch the lasers coming I'm demonstrating here it's good for the radio from the right side and from the left side sort of obliquely across the breast and then for me they were also radiating just above the collarbone um, because some of my uh, cancerous cells had gone into the lymph nodes there. So then they come back in and set it up across me. But it takes a very short amount of time. And I've been really lucky because it can cause extreme lethargy and you can get burning of the skin. Um, and although my skin is slightly tanned, but I'd have to look hard at it to find it. I, you know, touch wood, I seem to be okay. Um, and then when I finished on Wednesday last week on the 1st, um, he gave me the paperwork to come away. He said, remember that it is still ticking on. It's like a bit like a microwave. You know, you bring, it, bring the potato out and it's still cooking. And for a couple of weeks, this will still go on sort of cooking. So I could still feel tired as these couple of weeks go on and watch out for the skin. Just keep moisturising and making sure you're not wearing anything tight around um, that whole area as it's been radiated and then that's it so because of the current situation in the hospital I didn't get a con consultation just before the end of it I didn't need it they thought thought and if I did they do it by phone so now I'm just waiting um, three four weeks for someone to get back to me and possibly go back in and I'm due back in the breast unit at the end of April I'm now taking letrozol, which is a hormone inhibitor. So that's started and that's, it'll be three months of that I've been on now. So everything's in place. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm, I'll be waiting for complete all clear, but I mean, in, ostensibly I am finished and clear. So seven months, it's been yes, seven months. It has, hasn't it? It's been quite, yeah. quite a haul. But, uh, you know, so far, it's very positive so far. And I'm intrigued, actually. This 
this tattoo that they put on you, obviously to line up the laser so that it's going yes. in the right place, is that still there? Will that be permanent? Yes, that will be. In fact, they asked, I mean, uh, the listeners might remember that I've actually had this before, 18, 19 years ago. And when I went for the planning, where they take images of you and they photograph it all and, and, and so on and set the, set the machine up, um, she said, um, have you still got your tattoos from last time? And I said, well, <laughs> no, I don't think they looked and said, oh, no, no, we can't see them. And I thought, well, that's fine. No, they, they will. They'll gradually fade in time. One of them sits just between the two. Well, I was going to say two breasts, but I actually haven't got that really on the breastbone. And the other one sits sort of under the arm at, at the end of the scar. And I think they've got one on. There's there's one just above it. And then when they do the bit that's just above the breastbone into that lower neck, they mark that up in pen, which I think they just do to check that you have a wash. <laughs> <laughs> but they are very careful with any operation, aren't they? Oh. I remember having an operation on my eye and there was a big arrow pointing at the correct eye and they kept double checking with me. Yes. Is it your yeah. left eye? Which yeah. eye was it? Was it your right or left? Was it, which, you know, and they had it all over my face. Which, which is great because you really wouldn't want to wake up, you know, with the wrong side done, you know, of any operation. Um, no, the thing is that because you're going every single day, um, for me, it was 15 sessions. I mean, it's weekdays, you get the weekends off and that helps the skin and the situation to recover before you go back. You don't see exactly the same team, but you, you, you know, you are still seeing pretty much the same people. I mean, it's, they're very nice. Did you, how did that go? Did you enjoy so-and-so yesterday? You know, that sort of thing. And they're incredibly accommodating and I mean such they're just such nice people it's really interesting because I asked them about the music being played because um, a couple of them had not were it was silent in the room and because you're left in the room on your own as they set it all up and then they rush into the other thing and they'll go well back in a minute Jan they go and then you've got music playing and and they take in their own playlist so I found that really entertaining trying to guess whose music I was listening to <laughs> you're not allowed to bring in your own then <laughs> no well you're not I mean the thing is it is so fast I mean 10 minutes quarter for an hour and you're out and that's that's it you know off you go see you tomorrow but it has been interesting, obviously, with, with the coronavirus, that as I've gone every single day to Addenbrooke's, noticing the changes in uh, the building, bits of the building you can't go through. Um, and by the last week of mine, the radiotherapists had got masks and aprons and were wearing Great. gloves. And, yeah, but not until the Monday. They'd got theirs through on the Friday before. So, and the receptionist now as well. It, it must is. be such a worry for people working oh. in, in hospitals and, and anything to do with health, actually, carers, everybody. Such yeah. a worry, really. And trying to keep our essential, you know, the cancer patient's essential treatment. I mean, walking back into oncology, you can get to, those of you who don't know, Adelbrook's the oncology, haematology, um, radiotherapy department, you can get to off the, the that sort of circuit road that... You know, if you go up to the Hills Road roundabout and turn left, it goes skirts round the site, takes you to car park two and the Rosie. 
and you can get you can walk in from there which most of us do but they've they stopped that really quickly being um a, a cut through um and that's happened throughout and now when you walk past the rosie i mean a fortnight ago even you couldn't get into the rosie um it was then on an intercom set, um to get through whereas we've always used it as a cut through to get to the main hospital yeah. i wonder whether some of those protocols may well stay in place that we won't be such an open hospital yeah but i have to say you know a huge shout out to all of the the staff that have been involved in you know when you get on this use the jet you know the journey word again you know you're working from the breast unit you're working with the oncology department you're working with the radiotherapy department it's the plastic surgery you know there's so many people involved in just keeping you on the road it's it's amazing really and all of them have been so helpful and i've got a whole folder of information and you know phone numbers so that if this you know, if this causes me any problem over the next week or so after the radiotherapy, straight back on the phone and or email and, and you know, I'll get support and I could go in. But I don't think so. So, you know, here I am at the out the other side. If anyone is about to start this uh, this yeah. process, and I, and I do hope that you listen back to all the podcasts we've done because we've gone through every stage with you so far, haven't we? Mm. And, and, and you've explained it in, in beautiful detail. But no, it's, it's been fascinating. I know that people have been in touch and said, really, really interesting because I'm going through the same and it was so comforting to, to, to be able to hear what was coming. So yes. for someone that is about to start on this journey, have you any advice for them? I was talking to somebody in the village who has had breast cancer twice like me. We had a conversation from one side of the road to the other, as you do. I think you have just got to put your hands, yourself in the hands of those people that know exactly what they're doing. It's a bit like the coronavirus thing. There's an awful lot of mythology. You've got to keep yourself well and positive, eat well, take some minimal exercise. There will be times when you just don't feel at all well, you know, um, that's the reality of it. And now I realise how poorly I probably was through the chemo. Now that, you know, I'm back to being able to do what I do and cut the grass and go for walks and all of that. Mm -hmm. But it is about asking questions that and asking how, you know, what you can do best, reading the information, but actually knowing that they know what they're doing. They have dealt with thousands upon thousands of women in this situation. And it's, it is a long haul, if you're like me, and you're having to do, you know, the three main bits of it. A, a lot of women won't have to do all three bits of it. But it is, it is about just taking each day as it comes. And, and it is a big thing when you're told, yes, look, you've got breast cancer. But the majority of people survive this well. And, and as I say, you've, you've just got to be positive about things and treat your body well and listen to what your body's saying and, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. There'll be the ups and downs. Of course there will, you know, but uh, it is about just trying to keep a sense of perspective and that you are moving forward, even though you know, you know, that you might feel grotty in the morning, you won't feel grotty the next morning, it'll gradually get better. Well, um, something that I think I've learned from visiting you every 
month i think it was actually yeah. once a month we would we would meet up and uh, until today i was always able to come to your house but obviously <laughs> for, for obvious reasons we're all under lockdown and i was very reluctant to come anywhere near you because i felt you were a bit vulnerable and i certainly didn't yes. want to be the one who was going. so yeah. so that, that's why there's been a bit of a delay in doing this one but my my take on what you've been through is even when you were talking about the other times you really weren't very well and you were clearly absolutely exhausted but your positivity shone through and your sense of humor shone through as well. So, you know, my hat comes off to you. I think you've coped with this admirably. I really admire the way that you've done this. And the fact you've wanted to do this podcast, I think, is admirable as well, because it is helping other people. So, Thank you so much. I mean, I've, I've talked to the staff about doing the podcast. I talked to the radiotherapy people when we'd booked to do it the other, other day. And I said to Dan, the radiotherapist, it's all about you this evening. <laughs> um, and it's all good. And, and I think, you know, the, the staff at Adderbrooks have really engaged with that and felt that that was a really useful thing to be able to actually just say, this is how it actually is. Yes. Um, you know, um, and because we're going into scary situations, you know, radiotherapy. I mean, I wasn't sure whether it would make me really tired and I wouldn't be able to take myself, but I did. I took myself to all the sessions. It was fine. Parked the car, did the walk around the road, you know, um, it, it's okay. It, it's different for different people. And I usually give the analogy of I put five pregnant women in a room together. They've all, mostly they've all got there the same route, one assumes. Um, but, you know, they, they will all have very different experiences, even if at the same stage in their pregnancy of sickness, not sickness, you know, eating, not eating, um, all those things. So it, it is different and the cancers are different. But those people that are dealing with us have seen it all before and and know how it all works. Mm -hmm. And you have just got to think, OK, this is pretty grotty. It's not what I was hoping, but, you know, I'll go in and embrace it and, and do the best I can with it, really. It makes you think. <laughs> you do view things very differently when you come out the other side of it.